and welcome to another episode of the Biswell Podcast. Today, Biswell is on the road. We are visiting two places on my bucket list, which are Bryce Canyon and Zion Canyon. You are in for a treat and you have to check out the pictures as well. So the adventure begins in early October. Probably by the time this gets posted, it'll be much later, but it's October, it's fall, and we are on the road. I have convinced John to rent a motorhome. I never thought he'd get back in another motorhome after our first Biswell busing trip. If you haven't heard about that trip, go back to last summer where I had my two nieces and my son and John and I and the dog all in an RV. So that was an adventure one to check out. But today we are going to Bryce Canyon in southern Utah, just John and I and our baby dog. And we can't wait. So the trip starts out on an early Saturday morning. We leave San Diego and our first destination and stop will be in Las Vegas. We have a reservation at an RV park. We're going to get there, spend the night, and then the next morning just drive a short few, three or four hours into Utah. So the trip starts out great. We are making great time. We're listening to music. We're having fun. And then all of a sudden the traffic comes to a complete stop and we are inching along for hour. And I'm not exaggerating here. We literally went like five miles in two hours. We can't figure out what's going on. Clearly it's an accident. I am trying to convince John to pull over. Let's just pull out the chairs, watch cars go by and just relax because we're going nowhere and it's so frustrating. So the distance from San Diego to Las Vegas for us is just over about four and a half hours. It's about 300 miles. It should be a nice leisurely trip. Get there and perfect time to set up camp, barbecue some hot dogs and hamburgers, and watch the evening go by. But unfortunately, that's not what happens. Again, we are more than halfway to Vegas, and now we've been on the road for over six hours. And again, we should have been just about four and a half to get there. And now we've gone halfway for about six hours. We find out there's some kind of fatal accident and the road is closed and they're only letting one lane go by. And let me tell you, there are three to four lanes of traffic that are at a complete stop. It's a parking lot. And let's just say our nerves are on edge. Now it was a, not what I was anticipating for our first day and evening, but we finally make it to Las Vegas after more than nine and a half hours in the RV going about two miles an hour. We finally arrive in Las Vegas and it's pretty quiet. It looks very quiet compared to non-COVID days. There's not a lot of people on the street, but we drive through town. We find our RV park. John has to go check in in the dark because now it's close to 10 o'clock. I'm taking Louie out to find a little potty spot, and now we are just tired and exhausted from actually doing nothing, but we're ready for bed. Call it a day. We don't even eat, and we're looking forward to getting up in the morning to start the adventure to get to you. So we have a little breakfast in the RV, make some eggs and work. Today's a much better day and we are excited to see the scenes and sights along our way to Utah. So just in case you don't know too much about Zion and Bryce, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. It's part of Utah's most iconic part. The Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon are the two amazing places that everyone must visit once in their lifetime. I heard John tell his kids, don't wait till you're in your 50s and 60s like us to go visit. You need to see this now. So plan a trip to visit these two gorgeous and the most popular national parks in the United States. And if you're planning a hiking trip, then it's advisable to get a permit months before. We are going, like I said, in October, we tried to get some permits. Even during COVID, it was all booked up because they're social distancing. But make sure if you are planning to go, plan months in advance. We didn't. We have been cooped up with COVID and plan this two weeks in advance, but we still 
were successful in seeing the canyons. So basically, Zion and Bryce are only about, I think, a couple hours distance from one another. So we decided to spend two days in each place or a day and a half. So a few quick facts about both Bryce and Zion before I tell you about our specific experience. So Bryce is located less than a half hour from Zion. Bryce Canyon is Utah's smallest national park and one of the 10 smallest in the nation. And not just according to me, but even the experts say that without a doubt, this is one of the most extraordinary places on earth. There are dazzling multicolored limestone you will find with the largest of these hooded hoodies. I'm not even sure I'm saying it right. It's spelled H-O-O-D-O-O. And what is it? A hoodoo is a pinnacle spear or odd shaped rock left standing by the forces of erosion. And they're all orange, like brick red and orange and just amazingly beautiful. So when the rainwater hits these, all built these rocks over the years, they become jagged and rigid and, and look almost like little spikes. This natural phenomenon has also created little fins and windows and slots in the canyons all across this area. Bryce is truthfully not a canyon, at least not in the traditional sense. It's actually a collection of little amphitheaters, as they've been named. And they've been carved naturally into the limestone over countless years. These amphitheaters, along with the thousands upon thousands of hoodoos and other unique formations, create a maze-like landscape that really must be seen to be lit. So we finally arrive, and it's already midday, so we have planned an ATV ride and exploration. We have a guide who's taking us through the area uh, all, all along the cliffs. Uh, I'm on the back of the ATV while John is driving, thankfully, though it scares me to death because I'm not a fan of motor cycles, but uh, on this four, I think it's four or three wheel, we are having a ball. We're going fast. We're stopping. The guide is taking us on the edge of all of these amazing canyons, and it's such a beautiful way to see the start of Bryce Canyon. From our ATVs, we can see Rainbow Point, and it is the highest part of the park, 9,000 feet, and Yellow Creek is the lowest part of the park at 6,000 feet, so just tremendous views from where we are on these ATVs. After a wonderful day, we come back to camp and we set up our barbecue and our fire. It's pretty chilly in the afternoon. It's already probably in the 50s. And we are going to have an amazing steak barbecue dinner, do some s'mores, and have a little wine. We end up meeting our neighbor who is on a trip from Texas in his RV with his wife and his kids. And they come out and sit and enjoy a glass of wine with us over the fire as we settle into the evening. Okay, day two into Bryce and we wake up and it's literally like 30 degrees. We had no idea it was going to be that cold. We didn't turn the heater on in the RV. We wake up, John grabs his bottle of water and it's frozen. Louis did not want to sleep in his bed that night. He came in and tried to get between us. It was so cold. Neither one of us wanted to get out of bed this morning. But we have a great day planned. We are going to go on some hikes uh, throughout Bryce Canyon. So Bryce offers shuttles that can take visitors into the bar into the park and stop at various locations. You get out, you go hiking, you come back, the shuttle will take you to another spot. Unfortunately, the shuttle stopped exactly one day before we arrived since it is October. So we are going to drive the RV in, find some places where we can park it and get out and explore. One of my favorite spots in Bryce Canyon was Natural Bridges. You see one of 
uh, Bryce Canyon's rock arches at this viewpoint. It's like this little circle of rock that's cut out like an arch. Uh, It's erosion of the formation from the ice and the rain and the gravity. And I've got a great picture of Louis standing on the edge with the natural bridge in the background. And one of the last places we hit was Bryce Point. This is the place to say views over the entire park's amphitheater, especially at sunrise, which we didn't see, but many people told us about. We were too cold to get out of the RV. But this is the place to catch the morning light if you're into early morning hikes. And the Peekaboo Loop Trail descends from this point, and it can be really a hardcore backpacking place. So we didn't go too far, but enough to see beautiful amphitheater. So we were just the day hiker and sampled a portion of the trail, but heard that the whole thing requires at least three or four days. So there's plenty to do regardless of what level of a hiker you are or an adventure. So we are winding down our day, getting ready to go back to camp, set up for another yummy dinner around the fireplace. One of my favorite things to do. When I was growing up, we didn't take trips to Disneyland or get on planes and go places. Our fun was going camping, and I still love it to this day. Although we're in an RV, it still feels like a camping trip. We've got the campfire. We've got the barbecue set up. We're doing all the cooking outside. Sitting around the campfire at four o'clock in the afternoon is my fave. Having a beautiful glass of wine and just enjoying nature. Highly recommend it. We are getting prepped for the highlight of our trip, the big, big adventure to Zion National Park and we are taking a tour to the Narrows. And if you don't know what the Narrows are, see what this is all about and check out the pictures I post. So a little bit about Zion. So it's Utah's first national park. This is a place where ancient native people and pioneers walked. You can gaze up at these massive sandstone cliffs that look of this cream pink and red that is just brilliant. So Zion is located near a small little city called Springdale. It's the little city we parked the RV before we went in to the actual park. You can't take RVs in there and plus we were meeting our guide outside in the little city and this little city is so quaint. There's outdoor restaurants and it's got a just a variety of foliage from pine trees to cactuses you name it it's so unique and so beautiful and again it's October so it's cool I can only imagine it gets super hot up here in the summertime so I'm glad we're here when there's one less people so the narrows is the narrow section of the Zion Canyon in this gorge with walls of thousands of feet tall and the river sometimes just 20 to 30 feet wide is one of the most popular areas and so you walk through this area in the summertime the water is cool people are in shorts and bathing suits and it's refreshing because it's hot, but in the winter and the fall, the water is cold. So we have a guide who's going to take us through. We have these special pants that are thermal, some kind of pants specifically for this. We have special shoes we're wearing because many of the places through the canyon, you're walking in water, sometimes up to your ankle, sometimes up to your thigh. So the adventure begins. So we start out on a hiking path that's actually paved and there's people walking. There's even people in wheelchairs. It's accessible to this point. Then you get to the end. It's probably about a mile where you get to the end and that's where the water is. And there's these steps. And so that's where everyone stops to put on their gear. We put on our pants. We, I might note that we start this at about 630 in the morning because it could take you know four to six hours depending on how deep you go into the canyon and then coming back. So right now it's barely 50 degrees and it's really cold or maybe 40 something it's cold and I can't imagine we're about to get into water. So the water we're about to jump into is the Virgin River 
And as I mentioned, this can involve wading upstream or just a few minutes depending on how far you hike. So as we start our early morning hike, there are very few people. I'm just absolutely loving it. It feels like we are the only ones here in this massive canyon that is far up that you can see massive rocks and it is just tranquil and beautiful and we are enjoying the hike. So there are three ways to hike the Narrows, the bottom up, the top down, and the top down overnight. So we are starting from the bottom up and this is the best way for the first time river hikers and those with only a short amount of time. Uh, depending on the water flow, the hike is easy to moderate. I asked my guide before we got there, you know, what would you say on the scale of one to 10, how hard it is? And he's like, well, some people it's a one, like I am, I do it all the time. Or for some people, it's like an eight or nine. So I had really no idea what to expect. And you can hike in as far as you want and turn back at any time. We had a destination in mind where the river, the Virgin River, it's like a Y and it goes one way and then to the right to the other. Um, and so our guide told us it would probably take five to six hours, I think, round trip. And to describe what it's like. So we start out again, the water's pretty low it's like ankle deep and the water is crystal clear like blue green and the rocks it's it's actually a little hard to walk in the rocks because imagine in a river and all those little round rocks of different sizes and you're walking and you put your foot down and it's unstable so they also give you a stick to walk with which is actually really good it helps with your balance um, we have a backpack on with a little bit of water and our guide has uh, a lunch for us, but we start out and the guide tells us a little bit about where we're going, which is good. He's not overly talkative. I want to just take in the beauty around me and the sounds and he did a good job at, at balancing both, giving us information as well as giving us some time for peaceful reflection. There are some parts of the river where to the right or to the left, there's sand and rocks and you can either walk there or walk in the water, whichever we, you know, the guide tries to take us on the paths that are most easy for us to navigate while still enjoying all the beauty. A couple times we had a few near falls, me specifically, just getting on a rock. It's really slippery, but catching my balance. So thankfully we never went down. So we continue walking. And as the morning progresses, it gets more crowded, more people are coming in. And most of the people are walking toward into the canyon. We see a couple people at this point, mid morning starting to come out. So they must've started really early or maybe even in the dark for them to be able to go all the way in and now coming out. It's probably around 11 ish. And like I said, there are more people starting to come behind us. There's young people. There's a few elderly people. You could see there are people who came unprepared. They're in pants, all wet up to their waist looking cold and um, I'm thinking they probably should turn back about this point. Our guide tells us some stories about people who don't take the flash flood warning very serious and they say do not hike if the forecast calls for rain because at any minute these canyons could just fill up with water and what was once waist deep could be over your head. So I'm thinking about that in the back of my mind but everything's good, the sky is clear, it's blue sky, it's a beautiful day from what we can see, because sometimes in, in the canyons, you're so in, in deep and then it's so narrow that there's hardly any sunlight that comes through. So now we've been at it for probably three to four hours. The majority of our day has been hiking in, in either knee to waist deep water, 
with the rib alternating between sections of sand and sections of a lot of loose rocks and boulders. Someone described walking on these rocks like trying to walk on a greased bowling ball, and that's exactly what it was at some points. Then we get to a place that we pass these waterfalls, and they're called the Mystery Falls, a beautiful spot where the water rolls down the sandstone walls from the canyon above. It's roughly two miles from the temple of Sinuav, and that's where the beginning of where everybody starts. And then, as our guide tells us, we're going to get into what's called Wall Street. So, of course, I'm thinking Wall Street in New York, but that's very different. And people ask us along the way, how far is Wall Street? How far is Wall Street? So people know this destination and are anxious to get there. So after we finish getting through Wall Street, our guide says, hey, do you want to try the Orderville Canyon? It's like a side trip outside of the Narrows a little bit. It's definitely less populated. And he said it was really enchanting. So we said, okay, let's do it. So we make a veer off at some point to the right and he was right on this is these areas are uh, the rocks are even taller and darker and it's it's even more enchanting if possible than the main narrows and the canyon has much less water flow through it and it's even more narrow there was a point where I felt like we could stretch out our arms from left to right and touch either side of the rock that's how narrow it was and there was no way so we went on for a while kept going less water but lots of Uh, larger rocks to climb over. So then we get to a point where there's a huge gigantic rock, like, I don't know, 10 stories high, if that, or I don't know, maybe five stories high. And he says, okay, let's go through this and let's go over. The thing is, it's like we were having to pull ourselves up over this. And long story short, we ended up taking a break, having our lunch in that spot. And then after that, it was already probably one o'clock. And I said, let's let's head back out. Um, you know, we probably have three or four hours to go or two or three. I don't even know. But we've had a beautiful day. Let's let's exit out and enjoy the rest before more people start coming in. And I felt like this area of Orderville Canyon was great, but there was much more rock climbing and a bit of swimming to overcome. So I thought, let's head out and and enjoy the rest of the day while we can. So as we start to turn around and come back, we see massive amounts of people coming in. And, and I can't even imagine, again, this is October. What would it have been like in June or July? But it was amazing. The Narrows, that day hike, is an all-time classic. It's one of the best hikes in Zion, not only just according to me, but all the reviews, and arguably one of the best hikes in America. So if you have not ever been, put it on your bucket list, put it on a time to go with its amazing amazing scenery and the thrill of hiking in water all day. Who could ask for more? And I'm sure in the summertime, it's amazing. My friend Janine went in the summertime. That's how I first saw pictures and fell in love. And it looks pretty amazing, but I'm one not to be in huge crowds, especially during COVID. But anytime, like I like the serenity and the tranquility of being in nature without a bunch of people around. So this hike is strenuous and it's demanding depending on where you go and and, uh, the time with the water, but you can turn around at any time. But if you want a sense of solitude, like I said, start hiking very early in the day like we did. We were out just as the sun was coming up. And by mid-afternoon, the lower sections of the narrow hikes resembled a little bit of a flash mob, uh, but still worth the visit ever you can get there. We ended our day of having some late lunch, early dinner appetizers in the little city there and uh, got back into the RV. Lou was in the RV for most of the day, which he was good and he was fine. It was in shade. Like I said, it was really cool. So he did well. Anxious to see us back. And now we're heading back to camp for our last night in Utah. Tomorrow morning we're going to wake up. We have a trip to horseback country where we're going to see some of the canyons and hike on horseback. That should be super exciting. I love horses. And we're going to have a guide who's going to tell us more about the area. So what a great way to see it. 
on horseback. So as our trip is coming to an end, we were only five days in Utah, two days at each, Bryce and Zion. What an amazing place. I would definitely highly recommend it. I'd love to go back with more time and definitely go back off season when it's not as crowded. There are so many things to do from hiking to John took some amazing pictures. If you're a photographer, these are a place that you definitely want to go and see. You can't get anything better than what you see in Zion and Bryce. As I said, we did ATV riding. We've done horseback riding. There's so many things you can do. Uh, I even have heard people are coming in the winter and they do some snow skiing or backcountry skiing or not skiing, but the thing you do is snowshoe. Anyway, tons to do. Scenic drive. So even if you're not a hiker or you can't get out and go for those long distance, there are so many things to do. Do not miss a trip to Bryce National Park and Zion Narrows. So in conclusion, we had an amazing time. We're heading back. We're going to probably try to make one day all the way from Utah into San Diego and um, return the RV the next day. We love taking the RV out. Well, I should say I love taking it out. Got a sticker on the side of the RV that says the Biswell podcast. So I'm sharing that we're on the road with Biswell. And I'd love to hear from you and what you thought of this podcast. We're on our way back to San Diego and back to reality. But what an amazing trip this was. We had about five or six days out on the open roads away from our computers and Zoom and meetings. And in such a gorgeous and beautiful place. How blessed are we? Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Check out all the pictures at mbbiswell.com to see where we traveled, what it looked like, and on my social at Instagram at melissa.botello. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Biswell Podcast.